Blog Talk Radio. Gracious, gracious, good afternoon, good evening, good morning to you, wherever you may be, where you're hearing the sound of our voice on today, and whatever day it may be, we pray that you are having an incredible day. God is worthy of our praise, glory, and honor at all times, so we give him all the praise. My name is Elder Coilette James. I am the host of the It's Real Radio Talk Show, and I am joined every broadcast, I was going to say every Sunday, but since we are syndicated and we go on several different days, um, I am joined by my wonderful, just intuitive, beautiful, anointed co-host, Miss Tanya Roberts. How are you, my love? I'm awesome, beautiful. It's just here in the great Georgia, Augusta area. It's like hot. It's, we've been in triple digits, and it just it makes you tired. And But I thank God. We got up early this morning at 7.15, went to church, and it was the word of God was so powerful, so profound, and so strong, and I just thank God for it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, you know what? We are always blessed anytime God allows us to open our eyes in the morning, or whenever, you know, we open our eyes, we are definitely, definitely blessed to know that we have a God that loves us so much. He gave us one more chance and opportunity. And sometimes we need that chance and opportunity just to get it right. <laughs> okay. So we have to thank him and praise him at all times. At all Amen. Time. Well, I have had an incredible week, um, and so I want to share um, some of the things that I've encountered this week and tying it into what our topic. So I will get to our topic in just a moment, but I had the pleasure of attending the Power Networking um, Conference this week, Wednesday through last night, actually. Um, got on a plane this morning, actually left the hotel 4 o'clock this morning. So I've had very little sleep, so, um, yeah, <laughs> bear with me on today. But, you know, the Spirit of God is always willing and alive, and so I am definitely tugging and pulling on him this evening to deliver what he has placed in my heart and my mind. But during this week, it was an incredible week of empowerment. Now, I know that our audience um spans the gamut on nationalities and what have you, and and I appreciate that. So I don't want anybody to be offended that are listening to this broadcast today, but it is primarily... Um, I, I just in my lead-in, I promise you, the word and the message of the broadcast is for everybody. But just in my lead-in, I want you to understand um, the things that were imparted and implanted this week. And, and the reason I think that they're important to know is because of the empowerment, the sense of empowerment it gives us. And the the Power Networking Conference is a conference that was started by Dr. George C. Frazier 18 years ago. This was the 18th Power Networking Conference. And it was designed to educate, to empower, and to build up the 
uh, black community. That was the, the purpose of it, to empower us and to promote us to think in terms of generational uh, wealth. And this, this particular year was really, really enriching and encouraging and empowering because this year was birthed forth the Fraser Nation. And what that nation consists of is people across the globe of African descent, the African disparia. And it, it's, it's, I guess, the, the key of taking ownership of who you are, whose you are, where you come from, and allowing that to fuel you and empower you was incredible, seriously. This is a conference that I have wanted to go to for the past 15 years. I met Dr. Frazier probably about 15 years ago in Cleveland. We were doing an event there, and he and my ex-boss were friends, and he had came by the office. And I had just started dealing and launching out into the sphere of teaching kingdom empowerment through entrepreneurship. And so we had a phenomenal conversation, and I had always wanted to go um, and attend um, his conference. And it just so happened this past January, God connected us again, and he was a guest on uh, one of my podcasts that I do for the business community. And um, and then two weeks later, he was in Las Vegas, and I actually hosted a networking event for him there. And during that event, you know, he kind of laid out the, the blueprint for what this year's conference was going to be, and he announced about Fraser Nation and what have you. And, and I was so intrigued, and, and he made it so affordable to those of us that were at, at the event that it was like, you know what, God, this is something that I've wanted to do. And so I did. Um, and I got to tell you, and I, like I said, I don't mean to offend any of our, our other ethnicities. Excuse me, I told you I was tired. But um, I needed to give that lead in just so that you can understand where I'm coming from when we segue into the, the topic of the day. Because empowerment and knowing from whence you come and whose you are and what spirit you're of um, is vital. It is vital. And so for the sake of the conference, it was tapping in to um, the, the ancestry of people of African descent and knowing that at the crux of time when earth was created and, and humankind was created in place, in this earth realm, it happened in Africa, and the first kings and queens were African, and the, the, the mindsets, the abilities that they had have never been matched. It has literally never been matched. No one can tell you how a pyramid was built 7,000 years ago and is still standing, and a building that may have been built 200 years ago is not, okay? I, I'm telling you, it, it was just, like I said, it was very enriching, empowering, and the whole purpose of coming together, forming a new nation within a nation. We're not, this is not like, oh, my God, they said they're um, succeeding from America and this, that, and another. No, 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 no. This is about coming together as a people joining your resources as a people, joining the wealth of knowledge and information that God has given you as a people to build, rebuild communities, build up your generations, give the millennials and those that are coming behind them something to work with. So I, I wanted to get that out there because it, it has just been an incredible experience. Now, Taking that, I just wanted you to see the backdrop. In the midst of that, I woke up Thursday morning and just God just spoke something into my spirit, and I heard it crystal clear. And it was one word, and the word was mastermind. And so I'm thinking, okay, you know, you hear masterminds all the time, and everybody has a mastermind class. There's a mastermind class to learn how to see. There's a mastermind class to, to learn sales. There's a mastermind class 
to learn real estate. There's there's this mastermind classes for everything, and it has become such a buzzword in society today that it really has little merit, to be honest with you, because everybody is an expert in whatever their quote-unquote mastermind is about. So when I heard that word, mastermind, it was just like, Okay, Daddy, you know, it's like, where are we going with this? You know, because like I said, it's used so much that to me it has lost its empowerment when you hear of some, of a mastermind. So he began to speak to me, and he began to say, if you are going to master anything and call it a mastermind, he said, you need to be mastering the mind of Christ. And I was like, oh, deep. <laughs> and then he just spoke forth Philippians 2 and 5, that let that same mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. And the whole day, session after session after session, people were talking about shifting your mindset. And I was just like, you know how something can just be boom, boom, boom in your face to say, don't ignore what I'm saying to you. Hear me clearly. And it was just like, oh, my goodness. Okay, Lord. So for the next few days, this was Thursday morning. We're at Sunday now. For the past couple of days, my mind has just been intrinsically engulfed in what he said as far as mastering the mind of Christ. Now, I want to read you Philippians 2, and I need to read you Philippians 2, 5 and 6, not just the fifth chapter, this verse, because God went deep on it. And I was just like, wow. Philippians 2 and 5 says in your and I'm reading out of the NIV in your relationships with one another have the same mindset as Christ Jesus here's the sixth verse and this is where God really got me who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage Rather, he made, oh, okay, so wait, let me get this out of, let me get it out of the King James, okay, because King James reads something a little different, and, and it puts a whole, to me, a different spin on it, because that's this, these are the words that God spoke to me even before I looked up the scripture, okay, so King James, it. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now, that's how God gave it to me. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He began to pour into me and to explain to me in mastering the mind of Christ that we have to recognize who we are and whose we are. So that's why I gave you the backdrop of the conference that I was in, but fast forwarding it to who do you belong to? You belong to God Almighty. You were created in his image and in his likeness. The way the conference broke it down as far as the ancestors is going back to the creation of time was incredible. But what God did was broke it down even deeper because God said before this world was formed, you were in me. I created you in my image and in my likeness to show forth my glory. So when the word says that Christ considered it not robbery to be equal with God, okay, and what we just learned was that it wasn't, it's not where you get the big head and you run around like some out there are perpetrating that I'm God. No, <laughs> I'm not God. But I do have the characteristics the imagery and the nature of him. Why? 
because he dwells within me and because he created me in his image and in his likeness. And then before the foundation of the earth was laid, he formulated my purpose and the plan for my life, dropped me. And, I, you know, I go back to this all the time, dropped me in this earth realm at this appointed time for a specific reason. And then I went and I started dealing with the mind of Christ. And God took me back to when Christ was 12 years old. And he didn't leave when his parents left. If you remember the story, they were three days out and had to come back looking for him. So they were probably a day and a half out, okay, and had to come back because it took them three days to, to catch up with him. So I'm sure they left, and then they had to trek back. Okay, so that being said, when they found him, they found him in the synagogue teaching. At 12 years old, he had the rabbis of that day, the learned men in the scripture of that day, mesmerized by his wisdom and his knowledge and his understanding. And when they found them and questioned why he would do that to them and allow them to worry like he did, and he turned around and his response was, why were you worried? Did you not know that I had to be about my father's business? Okay. Okay. Think about this. So if we've been created in the image and likeness of God, we have been created to show forth his glory, to reflect his nature. He has adopted us into his family. We are inheritors of God. We have inherited that which Christ had inherited. And God has spoken to us to let that same mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus. He didn't just say it one time in Philippians. He said it again in Corinthians 2 and 16. Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. But we have the mind of Christ. Sis, please explain to me why we are walking around here just totally in 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 disbelief, totally like, you know, coming up against obstacles and things that are like putting us to bed. They're like, you know, shutting us down. They're causing us to retreat back. They're causing us to allow others to devalue who we really are. If we have been granted wisdom from on high, we have the answer. So I can, girl, Monday night, this is because you know God leads up to what he's got, that bombshell he's going to give you, right? Monday night, I had the privilege of being on a call with someone that I, I so admire in the spirit because she is a true, true prayer warrior. She is a true prophet of God, and she stays before God day and night. She reminds me of Anna in the in the um synagogue waiting on the birth of Christ to happen, okay? She stays before God. That is her life. All right. And the word God had given her for those of us that were on the call that night was that God said the solutions to the problems will be in the mouth of his prophets. Powerful. The solutions to the problems will be in the mouth of his prophets. And then so then you fast forward three days and he drops this down about the mind of Christ. Girl, if I tell you <laughs> that this thing was so deep to me, so deep to me, and I got one more thing to share, and then I'm going to let you comment on this. The other thing was think it not robbery. So, so don't allow someone to come and tell you that because you profess to have the mind of Christ that it is blasphemy or heresy or, you know, you are, you're, you've just, you're out there in la-la land. No, you are an inheritor of the things of God. You have the same inheritance that your elder brother has. God said we were heirs and joint heirs with Christ in the things of God. So we have definitely got to change our mindset, tap into that Holy Spirit that lives within you, and recognize and understand 
You are the solution. You have the solution in your mouth. You were created for such a time as this. But what you got to do is master the mind of Christ. How are you going to do that? By doing the things that Christ did, by saying the things that Christ said, by getting away with the Father like Christ did. So that you have that constant connection with the flow of God so that as the word has already spoken and told you, fear not what you're going to say at that point in time. Just open your mouth and I will feel it. Girl, we, we have got to get this thing together because we are missing not only our blessing, we're missing the generational blessing of those to come behind us. Because it is up to us to set the things in order for the generations that are coming. For our children, our children's children, our children's children's children, our seed. Down through the fourth generation, if we do it down through the fourth generation and our children do it down through the fourth generation and their children do it down to the fourth generation, you see where I'm going with this? It's never ending. It is generational, and it continues on. It Amen. keeps on blessing. All right, sis. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm actually learning something myself. You were getting ready to ask me a question earlier, you know, like what, how does this happen like this? And I just believe that, again, study to show thyself approved, rightly dividing the word mm-hmm. of God. You know what I'm saying? What the truth is mm-hmm. and what's a lie. Mm-hmm. Spending time with God, mm-hmm. that's so important. I'm telling you something. It is. If you ever wake up in the morning, get ready to get on your knees and the phone ring or something happens or before you know it, you your day is over with. You try to drop down to your knees at night just to thank God for another day. Before you know it, something else is going on, and now you're asleep. You never got a chance. You know, I was listening to a gentleman um, saying that you have to make time to read now. You know, you have to put it on a calendar because people just don't make time to read. It's just some of the hardest mm-hmm. things to do. You ever thought you said, I don't have time to read? But six and seven hours have gone through and you've either slept or not done anything or watched TV or been on Facebook or whatever it is. It's what's important mm-hmm. to you is what's going to mm-hmm. flourish in your life. If you like to go outside and, and you have a garden and before you know it, you're in that garden all the time, I guarantee if I came by to see your house, the, your garden, your garden would show forth what you put in it. If Absolutely. It, it would be beautiful. Something is wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. but something is wrong if you don't. If you like rose mm-hmm. um, bushes, I have I have rose bushes in my backyard. I'm not a rose person, but I know that when I get out there, when when it's time, and I start pruning and kicking back some of the stems and doing certain things and cleaning up and taking the vines away from them, wow, one, two, three, beautiful roses will pop up for me. It doesn't matter what season. It just seems like they just pop up for me. But if I don't get a time and I just let it go, then, of course, they pop up, but they don't pop up long and they die on the vine. Well, the mm-hmm. word of God says I am the true vine and my father is the husband man. You have to go mm-hmm. to the vine. You have to, go, you have to go to the trunk where the vine comes from, the source of where it comes from, so you can be able to see forth. See, you're excited. And in and 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 what's going on because since you're going to get the information, whatever it is. I hear people talk all the time about people on podcasts or people doing this and doing that. How do you expect to get the information if you don't go to it? You know, I I, mm. I say often all the time to people, how do you get the information? You know, you can't turn on the mm-hmm. television sometimes and rely on that to be the truth. You sometimes you have right. to Google. Sometimes you have to YouTube. Sometimes you have to go to conferences. Sometimes you have to pick up your phone and 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 go to certain ministers. When I wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. I found out something, and I hear it all the time. How you wake up in the morning? Those first thirty seconds, those first thirty minutes of how you wake up is so important to you. That's when you need to find time with God, find Him, drop down to your knees because that determines your day. If you you wake up and, and the phone's ringing and you, you, you're in the middle of something and somebody's telling you something and you're gossiping or you're upset about something, 
I guarantee you, if you don't get a grip, that will control your whole day. So, not talking anybody to death, but to say to you, how do you find that same joy? How do you find that same peace? You have to spend time with the source. If you like fishing and you go fishing all the time, then eventually you're going to invest in fishing poles. You're going to invest in a boat. You're going to invest in a license. You're going to catch what you invest in. Well, what's important to you? If you like being out there, I'm just being honest with people. It may hurt certain people's feelings. If you like to be in the midst of people's business, you like to be a gossiper, if you like to be in the midst of mess, then that's what your life is going to be in the midst, be a part of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's who you mm-hmm. are, what you spend mm-hmm. your time with, what you encircle yourself with. I said this to my oldest daughter, and she got offended when I said to you, you are who you hang around. I disagree. I said, then why would you hang around anything that's not a part of you? And she goes, I disagree with that. How do people disagree? Let me say something to you. If you are around people and you you with Christ, but you're around people in the game, unless he sends you in that battle, unless he tells you to go amongst them, unless he sends you in there, then you need to come from around them. Because all Mm -hmm. it can do truly is either... It's going to make them strong, which I doubt, or make you weak. That's what I almost feel like it will be. You you are who you hang around. And if you do it right. constantly on a day-to-day basis, that's who you become. Get mad. It's reality. Mm-hmm. Period. Find a conference. Find somewhere to go. They have a tent revival up the street from me. People always say that they don't never have time for this and never have time. You gotta find the time if it's important yeah. to you. Yeah. And you know you gotta go to do- your job every day. If you don't go, you don't get paid. If you don't get paid, you can't pay the bills. So you gonna make it on time, and you gonna make Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Right? I sit there and said to yeah. somebody, "Man, I've been back to my old job one whole year. I have never called in. Thank you, Jesus. Let me just first thank you, God in heaven, but I have not called in." Not one day. Well, why don't you not call in when it comes to God? Why do you, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Why do you call in? Why do you tell him, hold mm. up, Lord, just, you know what I'm saying? I'll be back with you. You know what I'm saying? Let me get mm-hmm. this in first. Mm-hmm. So you know that if you want to lose weight, you're going to get up every morning. You basically eat the same breakfast. You basically do the same exercise. You basically do the same thing because it's what's important to you. So if you're so enthralled in the way you look on the outside, why is it so hard to be enthralled on the way you look on the inside? Now, question, sis, question, because I thought about this. What keeps you, We I ask people this all the time, um, on, and, and, and the question that still stands remains the same. This joy that I hear in your heart, people don't realize that this is something that you don't make up. This is something that you just don't create. This is something that is created through Christ that strengthens us. We tell people that all the time. Is that not correct? If you don't go and search for the information, if you don't go and get the information, then um, it's very likely that people are going to give it to you. You got to go and get it for yourself. You have to. Because. You you have you have to develop a hunger a hunger and a thirst for the things Amen. of God, and that hunger and thirst for the things of God will dictate to you where you need to be at an appointed time. Okay, so like, and this was this was a testimony of so many people that was at this conference. There were like probably almost a thousand people at the conference, and the testimony. For so many of them, especially like people like me, that it was the very first time they went, they thought they were going to a business conference, a networking conference. And and true enough, it, it was about educating you in business and um, you, you know, coming together with people um, of means that could sow into your life with wisdom and knowledge and, and coaching and different things like that. So, yes, but the when they got there and the testimonies that were coming forth on Saturday was that how their spirit was enriched and encouraged because they're seeing literally a billionaire. They saw multimillionaires. 
get up there and speak to them, and every one of them gave reverence and credit to what they had accomplished to God, that they knew beyond a shadow of a doubt if it was not for their faith, if it was not for the leading and the guiding and the direction of God within their life, that they would have never accomplished what they accomplished. And the testimonies was like, wow, because that was not what they expected. So when you, when you are, are connected to God, you have to hear his promptings. You have to recognize and understand when he gives you a directive to be someplace, to be in the midst of something. It may not be church as usual on the outside, but he has an appointed reason for you to be there to encourage and to feed your spirit man as well as your head. Okay? It's important. Again, sis, we go back to our topic. Let that same mind that was in Christ Jesus be also in you. Christ was everywhere. He wasn't just in the synagogue. He was on the side of the mountain. He was down there with the fishermen in the boat. He was in the friend's house that was having libation, and they sitting up and they drinking and doing all this stuff. He was everywhere. He yes. was everywhere. Yes, yes. That's and powerful. everywhere yes. he was, somebody was set up to receive from him. Amen. 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 You know, I was praying one day, and I was just crying out to the Lord about some things. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, but I was there. And I said, Lord, do you remember? And he said, yes, because I was there. Do you remember when I went through? He said, yes, because I was there. See, when you were mm-hmm. at your highest point, I was there. And when you were at your lowest point and you felt like no one was around, I was there. He told me mm-hmm. when you was in the depth of your mud, of your quicksand, mm-hmm. I was there mm-hmm. pulling you out. And how you know that I was there, because you're still here to be able to pray about it, to be able to talk about it, to be able to testify mm-hmm. about it to be able to preach about it. That's how you know that I was there. So when they asked you, tell them I was there. You were there yeah. in my lowest point. You were there when I thought I was trying to be grown and go out in the streets because I was hurt, and I decided to go and do what I wanted to do with my body and do what I chose to do out there in the streets. He was there. He had mm-hmm. to be there because he mm-hmm. sent someone to me um, to be able to talk to me and ask me, what are you doing? God asked mm-hmm. me to ask mm-hmm. you, what are you doing? Why would a man that I'm going to go make money from sit and take his time to tell me that if God was not there? Mm-hmm. When, I thought, when I was in the worst relationship and I wanted to take my own life because I felt like I had just done all that I can do and I had just messed up so much before I can put that gun in my mouth before I could take that razor blade and slit my wrist, before I could take that rope around my neck, he was there to speak to my innermost, Mm -hmm. deepest part of my life. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying to you is, you know, I heard a millionaire say, if it was easy, then we would all be millionaires, Mm -hmm. wouldn't we? Mm -hmm. And I thought, whoa, that's deep, isn't it? See, people don't want to put the work in. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I did not realize that I had a frame of what they call, I love Joyce Meyer's favorite part, um, favorite language when she says stinking thinking. I had some stinking mm-hmm. thinking, y'all. I, I, I felt like that I didn't have to put the work in. God, I served you and you was going to do it all. I didn't feel like I needed mm-hmm. to pick up a book. I didn't feel like I needed to. Go and I and since you would know in our days we were conference goers every time a church door was mm-hmm. open prayer service mm-hmm. uh, revival we were there and trust mm-hmm. me when I tell you you could tell by the fruit that it was buried in all of our lives when we were doing that so all yeah. I'm gonna say to everybody is this the reason why again you're not where you want to be and I'm gonna take this from my own self. And I'm going to tell you all something. It is a fight every single day. If I'm, it's a Absolutely. battle, I'm fighting. If it ain't somebody, it's something. 
If it ain't something now, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do something now, I'm tired. You ever notice when you try to, my godmother used to say all the time, I used to say, Mama, I got a problem. I can't sleep at night. She'd say, pick up the Bible. The devil really don't want you to read, so he'll put you to sleep. And, man, that is okay. a true thing. You ever felt like when you get ready to do something positive, you sleepy? We were getting ready to go to church this morning, you guys. We go to a seven, we go to 715 service. We have three services at my church, and we choose the 715 service. So as we were getting ready to get out the door, then it was like, we get to the car. I'm like, where's the key, key to the car? My husband was like, I thought you had it. No, I thought you had it. Okay, now we got to go back in the house. Then we come back in, we lock the doors, and then I thought, oh, my God, where is my purse? Where is my everything? He said, I, I said, I thought you had it. He said, I thought you had it. Oh, God, I had to turn off the alarm, go back in the house, and then I had it laying on the table. I had to get it out. Then I came back out. I was getting ready to lock the door, and then something else, and I said, I'm not going back in. And finally, I was getting ready to say to my husband, why don't you just come on, get away from the car, let's get back in the house because I'm just tired of fighting. It, maybe it's just meant for us not to go. As I was turning the key, the Holy Spirit said, no, au contraire, because, see, people don't believe it. I believe the Holy Spirit talks to you in your language that you can understand. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. You're going you're gonna to finish locking that door. You're going to get in the car because, see, the reason why the battle is so hard because there's a word for you there. And, man, you don't even know yeah. how fast I locked that door and said, if I missed anything, I just missed it. If I forgot anything, I just forgot it. Come on, let's go. And when I mm. got there, you Truly, let me say this. When I got there, the Spirit of God was there and met me in the midst of what I needed today. And wow. my pastor talked about Saul and David. Twice David had a chance to tag Saul out, and twice he chose not to. See, what people don't know mm-hmm. is I have, I'm going through some things, and some things have hurt me. And sometimes you go, oh, man, man, they just, woo, I'm going to get them. I'm just going to get them. And then you hear the Holy Spirit say, why? Let it go. But then mm-hmm. you know that they, he said, yeah, I know they did it. Let it go. But then do you realize mm-hmm. they said this? He said, yeah, I know what they said. Let it go. See, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. Twice David could have tagged Saul out. And twice he had people on the side of him saying, just give me a chance. You ain't got to give me but one chance. I'll get him. I'll get him. He said, sometimes mm-hmm. when it comes time, you start saying, Lord, I know that's, that's you. You said you allowed my enemies to come my foot school, my footstool. And then you smash on them. That's not why God allowed your enemies to come your footstool so you can smash on them. That's not the reason mm-hmm. for that. I truly believe mm-hmm. God allowed your enemy to become your footstool so he can show you just how powerful and great he is. Now, let's wrap it all up. Let me tell like you something. He said, he, said, he said that he will prepare a table in the presence of your enemy. Why is he preparing a table? Think about that. Why is he preparing a table for them? He didn't say he was going to sit them there just so that they could look. He is, when he prepares a table, he serves a meal. He serves a meal. He uses what he is doing to bless your life to draw them, and we don't even recognize it. We're so busy caught up on revenge. And, you know, yeah, I want my enemies to see what's going on with me. I want my haters to see this. No, babe. He said, I'll prepare a table in the presence of your enemies. Why? Because I'm going to serve them a meal. I'm going to serve them a meal. You know what? You're the meal. You're the bread that they can feast on and they can see because he said with loving kindness, have I drawn this? So he will use your life and what he's doing to them for you to show them who he is. That's powerful. You know, I tell people a lot of times, you know, we always say, and we brought this up so many times, man, if I won that lottery, I'd do this, I'd do that, I'd do this, I'd do that. Really? A lot of times I believe the reason why a lot of your blessings hasn't come forth is because God knows you better than you know yourself. He mm. knows that you ain't going to do the right thing, and he knows that you might make go down the wrong road. Yeah. So you have to ask yourself the question. you got to be truthful with yourself. I believe yep. that you get the result in your life by what you put in. I truly believe Absolutely. that. I have, you know, I told my husband, we have, we, you know, we work on houses, we flip houses. And I had to tell them the reason why that house is not done because you haven't put the work in. 
you can get mad at me. I understand it's been hot sometimes and it rains sometimes and it's cold sometimes. But if it's something that you really want to do, you're going to get it done. It don't matter what the weather's like. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I'm trying to say? And he was, he was almost looking at me like, what? You're getting what you put in. If you know mm-hmm. that that's something that, that's important to you, then you're going to put the work in. You know that Absolutely. it's something that you don't really have to do. You're not going to put the work in it as much. You're not going to be as diligent with it. Why? Because it's not that important right. anymore. So come on, people. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a conference, a revival, a book study, a function, a one-day workshop, whatever it is. Sometimes we've gotten to that point now, yes, we've been hurt by people. Yep, we've been hurt by different ministers and, and different evangelists and things out there that have missed, led a lot of people astray. But don't let that stop you because there's still good people out there. And I had somebody say on Facebook, I'm so tired of people with this rhetoric and people with their conferences and then this and that. And I had to go get them straight when I got to work and open, the door opened up and I had to let them know. How do you get your, how do you get your word? Because the Bible does say study to show thyself approved. You can go and study the word for yourself, mm-hmm. but let me say something to you. Mm-hmm. It's so important to hear the word of God from many different sources because it's so important to know what God is truly saying to you. And it just, just doesn't come one way. Do you kind of agree with that, sis? Absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And you know what? We miss our blessings because we get so caught up. Just as I was saying, most of the people that came to that conference, they weren't coming to that conference to get their spirit fed. They came to the conference to feed their mind. Okay? And and in the midst of coming and feeding their mind, their spirit was fed and encouraged. You know, you you cannot limit God in how he wants to deliver his blessings to you. But what you must do, what you must do is make sure that you are open and receptive to hearing the voice of God and being obedient when the voice of God speaks. People were there on a wing and a prayer. One gentleman, and this really blessed me, his name is Brother Brett Bedford, and he was one of the speakers. But he told his story 10 years ago when he came to his first PNC conference. He came from Detroit in the midst of bankruptcy, a million dollars in debt, and on a Greyhound bus. Somebody dropped him off at the Greyhound bus station 23 hours. He got on that Greyhound bus and came to wherever PNC was that year, okay, because he felt he was told within himself he needed to meet Dr. Frazier. There needed to be a connection, a face-to-face connection. He needed to be in this man's presence. And this was like in the height, you know, 2008, that's when everything crashed. And he was in the real estate, his real estate, like I said, he said he was a million dollars in debt, (laughs) okay, a million dollars. And he did not fly to the conference. He didn't even drive to the conference. He got dropped off at the Greyhound bus station, Fast forward 10 years, he has obviously turned his life around, He or God has empowered him to turn his life around, um, took him in a whole different trajectory business-wise. Now, he still is in the real estate, but he's got multiple streams of income now to the point where he has seven figures. And the fact that he understood and recognized God told him he needed to be there. And so no matter how bad things were right there where most people would have throw up their hands and say, I ain't got no business traveling to go see anybody not in the condition that I'm in, he came on literally a wing and a prayer. He got on that bus. I think he said he had money for one day, <laughs> you know, for the hotel or what have you, but he was there. And God began to strategically connect the dots in his life. Now, that being said, I had a conversation with a gentleman uh, on Friday. And this happened to, I would, I would get to the sessions early because I wanted to sit up close. I, I, I'm not missing Jack, okay? And I actually connected with a, another young lady, well, basically a lady my age. We are still young. But anyway, <laughs> connected with another like-minded individual who is from California, 
And so we were both from the West Coast. She was an attorney. And we just bonded and hooked up. And so if she would get to the session before me, she would save our seats. If I get there before her, I would save our seats and what have you. God just makes connections, okay? But anyway, so I got there early, and this gentleman was, he was in one of the sessions that I had been in the night before. And um, it was a marketing session, and he was talking about his logo and whatever, because the the person, um, Delano Johnson, was talking about trademarking and different things like that. Anyway. So um, I recognized his face and what have you. And then he was, like, so distraught. And it was just like, I'm just so disappointed. And so I said, well, what's wrong? You know, because I know Delano was trying to give him good counsel the night before and even said, you know, I'll talk to you some more after the session's over and what have you. And he said, well, because the person that I came all of this way to connect with didn't come. They didn't come. And they were the main reason why I came. I spent a thousand dollars to do that, and he's not here. And so I looked at him and I said, "Well, have you ever thought about the fact that maybe he wasn't here, but God still may have strategically had you here to meet other people and to do other things, so other people could speak into your life, so that you could get counsel." Eh. Yeah, but I specifically came to see this person. So he was so uh, so intrinsically determined that he was going to be disappointed because this one individual wasn't there that he came all that way to see. And I got my wife finding out his next, his next place that he's going to be, and then I'm just going to have to go there. And I'm like, but you know, sir, you, you may just be missing your blessing because literally if God brought you here, it may not have been for that person. It may have been for a whole different reason. And I just I just wasted a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's the only reason I came. Okay. And it was just like you know, I spent maybe eh, two minutes talking to him and I said, Well, okay, I you know, hope it works out <laughs> and I left. I left from his presence because just the day before, um, Doctor Ruben West had said something that was so profound. He was given an illustration of when his son was born. His son was a baby, and his son would wake up crying. And he say his wife would get up and she'd go down the hall and, and tend to his knees and come back and go back to bed. Then two hours later, he cries again and she'd get back up, go down the hall, tend to his knees, come back, get back in the bed. That third time he would cry, she would nudge him. She'd be like, wake up, you know, wake up. And he would be like, "Mm, mm," like, you know, like he was in such a deep sleep and he wouldn't move, just, you know, just, oh, like he just really couldn't wake up. And so after a couple of minutes, obviously, she would get up and go on back down the hallway. He said, let me tell you something. You can't wake somebody up that's pretending to be asleep. I was like, drop the mic. <laughs> I would have dropped five mics on that one. That's powerful. Drop the mic. That's, you can't that's powerful. wake somebody up that's pretending to be asleep. And you know what, sis? So, this is my new <laughs> word. I, I, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I didn't mean to cut you short. Ahead, I'm sorry. That's okay. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, when you said that, and you were talking to that guy, no matter what you try to do to uplift him, to make him see another way, he was determined to see his own his own way. Hey, and, you know, I had yeah. to get that, you guys, along along this journey. When I was walking into my mess and my negative stuff and the people that I loved, I didn't understand. You know, I thought that they, you know, the devil tried to tell me that they left me because they didn't love me. Well, sometimes, you know, you do all that you can do to help somebody, and if they don't want to be helped, you got to leave them for them to help themselves. That's right. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you will, you will drown with them. So this mm-hmm. is my new saying that I tell people all the time. Um, and somebody posted this to my Facebook page. You can't help somebody not be the victim when them feeling like being the victim gives them the attention. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. makes sense. You cannot yeah. help somebody that love being the victim when they feel like being the victim is giving them all the attention. 
So That's it doesn't true. matter if it's your child. It doesn't matter if whatever it is. I used, You know what I'm saying? Because I'll take it from keeping it real for my own life circumstances. You know, sometimes people just like being the victim. Because they feel like being the victim, they get all the attention and people's paying attention. But I'm going to tell y'all one thing. Please don't take this wrong from Tanya. I've had enough of all I can take of my own mess. So if you just choose to wallow in your mess, I'm going to do whatever I can if God leads me to you to help you come out. But if you choose to keep on with your shovel and digging a ditch, I'm going to let you dig it and fall in it yourself because I don't have time to fall in it with you. That's keeping it real. Amen. That's for real. That's for real. Seriously, two drowning men can't save themselves. You better come on. Kill each other. You better come on. They said, you know, you better come on. You know, um, I had a cousin. They said it was drowning. Literally, a true story. And a guy jumped in to save him. But my cousin, apparently, they say, onlooker or whatever, they he he was fighting so bad because he didn't know how to swim and he panicked so bad that the guy was trying to help him that the guy went under with him, and he drowned too. So this mm. is the story. Look, what they say, this is the moral of the story. If you drowning, I don't want you to drown because if you have the love of Christ, you don't want to see anybody drown. But if I see that you continue right. to fight me and you want to go under, I'm going to let you go under and see if suffocating is better than living. You go for it. Hmm. Hmm. Man, I'm trying to tell you, it's, we we want to do all that we can to help, okay? But if a person does not want help, then you are so wasting your time. And why? Why are you doing that? Because it's just like, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, I have learned about casting your pearls before swine and what have you. And then, like I said, and, and part, another part of Dr. West's presentation, and I had heard this before because I had went to his conference earlier this year, um, but another part of his, his presentation was when he was a child, he had a heart murmur. And because he had this heart murmur, he was the middle child, right? So he got attention because of this heart murmur. And so every two or three months, they had to go to the hospital. They had to run tests and all of these different things. And that was the only time when he had his parents to himself and they were paying attention to him as far as he was concerned because he was sick. And so, you know, he said that there was like these stuffed green peppers at this hospital. And he said it really wasn't anything outstanding about the peppers, but it was a connection piece that whenever he had to go to the hospital for tests, after the test, you know, he would ask his parents, can he go downstairs and get this pepper? And, of course, they would say yes because he was sick. (laughs) And he went and the doctor told his parents that he was going to have to have open heart surgery if the murmur did not close on its own. And they said, we're going to give it one year. And within this year, if it does not close on its own, then we're going to have to go in and operate because it's getting worse and worse. And between him going in for that year, his mom took him to a revival who there was somebody there that laid hands on him for healing. And in his mind, he's like, oh, I don't want to be healed because as long as I stay sick, you know, I can get what I want. He said, but his mom was like, oh, no, no, we don't believe the healing. He is going to be okay, all right? When they called for them to come for some, anybody that was having health issues, heart issues, she, he said the woman specifically called out heart problems. And his mom was like, come on, get up, come on. And he was like, oh, God. But she took him up there. Bottom line, he was healed. So when they go back to the hospital, the doctors can't find the um the murmur, and he went through, like, you know, he really painted the picture. He was upset that he was healed. His parents were glad that he was healed, but he was upset because him being healed meant, okay, I can no longer play them because of this sickness. I can no longer say to them, well, I really want a G.I. Joe with a Kung Fu grip, and they say no, and you say, well, I hope I'm alive next year to get it, (laughs) okay, and then they go get it for you because you just guilted them. You know, all these different variables he would no longer be able to do because he couldn't play off of that murmur anymore. 
So God healed them. So this is this is just backing up what you just said, Tanya, that you know, so many people hold on to the miseries of life, hold on to sickness, hold on to death, hold on to all these different issues, hold on to grief, um, hold on to um, their low self-esteem because it suits them, because it it gives it empowers them. They feel within themselves to get what they want because people do things for them because of pity or whatever. Um, that's and that's that's, that's a that's a person that's a person right there that's pretending to be asleep and you can't wake them up because they don't want to. You know be what? Woke. I'm going to tell you guys, I have a very dear person, and I love her. You know, she's going under kidney dials. Please let me take the picture quickly because the time is almost up. You know, she she gave us great service for 30 years. You know, I'm trying to say she drank, she smoked cigarettes. That I mean, just please hear me. We all have our battles. I'm not downing her because of that. Okay, but now you have a kidney situation. Just hear me because if, if anything ever happens, I want someone to uplift me and encourage me. And fight like heck. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like I'm going under, y'all better let me go. And the only reason why I'm saying this is mm-hmm. because when I called her to go, are you okay? How's everything? You know, if I don't, if this don't, something don't jump off soon, by the end of this year, I'm taking my own life. Why? You have so much. Don't you tell me. I mean, she was just going at me. I mean, chewing me up. And I stood in there, you guys, because my sister, Elder Colette James, on the phone right now with me. My godmother that's resting in heaven, my grandmother and different people that love me. When I was going through my mess, I was very ugly. And they stood in there with me. So I believe in standing in there with you. But I realize now that Elder Colette James, the one on the phone with you, my godmother that's in heaven and different people like that, they gave me a time where they had to back up and give me some leave me alone. And I was like, what? Where y'all at? And I realized because, Mm -hmm. let me say something to you. People are not jilting you when they're like that. They're manipulating you for whatever reason to make you feel bad to try to take you down with them. Sometimes you just have to back up and let go and let God have his way. And people think that that's wrong. But when Jesus healed and when Jesus spoke, he didn't keep going back and saying, are you all right with that? I mean, are you feeling healed and everything? When he said, Lazarus, get up and walk, Lazarus got up. He He didn't say, you all right with that, Lazarus? You know, you are right, right? Mm. I, I didn't hear Leslie say, you know, why did you know this and that? So what I'm saying to you is he walked away and kept on because there was more work to do. And I realize that now. Yeah. And that's just saying it out of love. Let the same mind be in thee that is also in Christ Jesus. And you got to, you, it's the one thing of helping people and, and, and wanting deliverance for them. But don't destroy yourself. So, exactly. Amen. So you still got to keep going. You you got to keep going. Okay, you know what I'm saying. And man, let me tell you, you could you will now. I I know for myself now. I'm gonna be looking to see is this person faking sleep, <laughs> or are they really? Man, sleep? that's powerful. You no, that's, that's powerful. Yes, yes, because you know what, you guys, I can see it now. Because I guess because I was that way, I didn't realize that. Because trust me when I tell you, it becomes an art of playing the victim. I'm not saying I'm not slighting anyone. I've had bad things happen to me. We can go toe-to-toe. Whoever want to call me up and ask me about it, we can go toe-to-toe. That's not what this is all about. Yes, I have been there. And But let me say something to you. If you a thief, if you was a thief and you was good at stealing, and God has delivered you, I guarantee you, since God has darn delivered you, that you ain't going to sit there and go back. You're you going to know when somebody's trying, trying to steal from you. Does that kind of make hmm. sense? If you know it's the truth. World. Right. So you, you can't tell me. If you have been on drugs before and God has delivered you and you're not doing that no more, people out there that are doing it, why you think we're so stupid? We know what you're doing because we've been there before. Yeah. So it's like what mm. you're saying, fake and sleep. Call it something else. Mm-hmm. I'm like this. Are you playing the victim? Are you just, are you, do you see what I'm saying? Do you want to play the victim? Do you want to keep being the victim? Because trust mm-hmm. me when I tell you this, people, what you do in your life, you can blame the world, the president, God, everybody else, your mom, your dad, keep holding the past 
everything, but everything in your life after you get a certain age was dependent on you. It's dependent on you. What are you going to do? Don't keep blaming people because they wasn't did a good father and they she wasn't a good mother. I can say those things, but it's totally dependent on you. What are you going to do with your life now? Now that you're in control, Amen. I love you guys. Amen. Amen. Well, we love you. We are out of time, but you know what? I think we had a good show today. I pray that you heard us and that you are going to purposely, on purpose and in purpose, master the mind of Christ. Love you much, my sister. You have an incredible I love you, beautiful. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Let's keep it real.